Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Lunch Therapy. I've got a very special guest this week, Chelsea Peretti, star of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, comedian, writer, singer, songwriter. Uh, if you don't know who she is, then you're missing out because she's hilarious. And in today's episode, we find out all about why Chelsea doesn't order the trust me menu at Sugarfish. I don't trust you. I, I don't trust you to just intuitively know what I, a person you've never met, likes to eat. What she eats for breakfast. I do intermittent fasting because of my my um, <laughs> intermittent shitty eating. So I, I don't eat usually till lunchtime. And how she chooses friends based on what they eat. I feel like I also usually don't trust people if they don't like olives. You know, like there's certain things with food where I'm just like, if you don't like certain things, I'm just like, where's your joie de vivre? <laughs> so without further ado, here is my lunch therapy session with Chelsea Peretti. All right, right, Chelsea. Well, welcome to Lunch Therapy. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, you and I have become virtual friends and real life friends through the love of food, um, which is why I wanted to talk to you on my podcast. And we're both an olive. Yes, and that's the other reason I wanted to talk to you because we both (laughs) like to wear olive. But um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I know a lot about your food stuff. But oh, and you're she's if you can't see her, she's drinking something very green. What's that? So the theme is green. Um, this is yeah. a green tea. I don't want to spoiler on my lunch, but it was part of my lunch collection. Oh yeah, let's not get ahead of yeah. ourselves. Yeah. No. Um, but maybe can you talk a little bit about your love for food and has that always been there? Is that something that happened later in life? It's hard to say, but I think it's always been there. I think both my parents love food. Um, I think I grew up eating like my dad was an incredible cook. My grandma um, on his side was an incredible cook. And, you know, my mom made a lot of like we just certain things, frankly, from the joy of cooking really Uh stuck in my mind (laughs) that we made together. The cheese souffle, the tapioca pudding, like a warm homemade tapioca pudding. There's kind Mm. of nothing that amazing. I've never had a a warm tapioca pudding before. Uh, It's, it's just like now, if you try a cold gelatinous tapioca, you're like, this isn't it because when you do it out of the joy of cooking, you're beating egg whites, which is the reason why I never make it. I kind of avoid anything where I have to beat egg whites. Really? Yeah. And then you fold them in. So it's like the fluffy warm and you like scrape vanilla beans into it. So it's just like, Mm. it's very good. And I, we used to put, I feel like mandarin orange segments on it. Maybe I'll make that and bring it over to you or you can come and get it. Oh my gosh. You know that you're like, to me, like the dream person because (laughs) you create joy and you put interesting people together bad place I'll be the first to say it <laughs> but I know I think that's such a special gift you know some people mm-hmm. can't assemble a group of people and make it fun no matter what and I feel like you have that gift and it's oh. it's just so special thank you so much that's so sweet I mean it's funny because you probably only see the best of me or what I curate <laughs> for the world but like yeah. I mean Craig, Craig thinks, you know, that like, my husband, Craig thinks that I like complain all the time. And I'm really, he says, my, he says my memoir should be called suffering in stereo. But is, are, is he Jewish? Are you Jewish? <laughs> I'm just, Jewish. Yeah. That's, that, he's not Jewish. So maybe he's not used to it. 
I honestly do. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be anti-Semitic self-hating <laughs> or whatever, but I do right. feel like it is part of how Jews are. And like, sometimes when people <laughs> imply that I complain too much, I feel like you're an anti-Semite. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm going to start using anti-Semitism um, in my, in my marriage. More. As a weapon yeah. against your Yeah. Husband. I think that's it's fair though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so do, you, do you feel like, like, are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? Because I also feel like he doesn't get like when I was growing up, my parents, if there was a social gathering, like their attitude about it would be like, let's make an appearance. Like we'll pop in, we'll pop out, we'll say hello, we'll leave. But like Craig's family is like, oh, I can't wait to um, enjoy everyone's company. And it's like, and that's right. like so ex exotic to me, like enjoy people's company. What are you well, talking about? Well, my dad is like, you know, some version of an Italian Catholic. And he was, we never even made it to things because he's like, it's too much of a production. That was his quote. It's yeah. always like, oh, I want to have a play date with so-and-so. And he's like, it's too much of a production. Got it. So, so, so both your parents, or were they sort no, of? No, my mom has more energy than you could imagine. And mm. I think she is more extroverted. I, I think whenever I've done Myers-Briggs, which I know is controversial, but mm -hmm. I was just slightly more extroverted than introverted. Um, so I don't know. I definitely, if I really like someone, I could see them every day but I don't want to go to big parties all the time. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I feel like a lot of creative people are a mix of introverted and extroverted because it's like you live in your own head half the time and you're just like in your own internal world, but then you have to be able to put that out there. And if you can't do that, then you're probably not going to be very successful yeah. in a creative field. So it makes sense to me that there's a mix. Right. Like even novelists have to do like books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I actually was just thinking about you doing your stand-up comedy because I was, I watched this video of you that you posted at Largo and yeah. like you were doing this really funny, like walk like, with your legs, like in front of the audience. And it just seems like you really enjoy being in front of an audience too. Like, it just seems like you seem very relaxed and that it's a lot of fun for you. You know, I think like I'm ambivalent about pretty much everything. So oops, hold on. That's okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, my oh wow. Gosh. Wow. Talk my about phone. being extroverted. She's blowing up. Oh wow. Don't no, let us interrupt. Someone goes, how was halal guy? Because I ordered um street meat last night, like halal guy. Uh, They're like sure. rice, chicken, white sauce, red sauce. And so my friend who I talk about food with a lot. Yeah. Um he he's the one who told me there's maybe no one more critical of pie in the world <laughs> than, than I am. Yeah. Um, so wow. anyway, he, he was asking, he was following up on that meal last night. Interestingly, I'm um, the only chef I believe that I've had, I've had a couple of chefs on here, but chef Jeremy Fox, who is the chef at rustic Canyon and birdie G's, came on this podcast and his lunch that we analyzed was from halal guy. That's really? what he ate for lunch. So Did you get the you chicken know. plate. I think so. Yeah. I think uh, that was what he got. Yeah. Pretty cool. You know, yeah. side note on Rustic Canyon, I, you know, it's so far that I haven't been there that much, but they had an, I don't know if it's still there, an outdoor patio set up in the mm -hmm. pandemic. And this is also uh, whatever people feel different ways about pork, but the pork chop was truly the best pork chop I've ever eaten. I think maybe you told me that, or maybe somebody else had that same experience, Boring. but no, 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 no. I was remembering it was like, <laughs> it was coming, it, it was coming back to me, you know, Craig and I got engaged there. Really? Yeah. It was not intentional. It wasn't romantic by any means. Like oh it was my just because like I had helped us like find the apartment that we currently live in. And so he was taking me out to thank me for that. 
And then he's like, by the way, like, cause like we had friends who were starting to get married and we, he's like, this isn't an engagement dinner. Like, don't get excited. But then like we were at this dinner and I were like, well, why, what, why shouldn't we get engaged? And oh yeah, I guess we will. Like, let's just put it on oh. Facebook. And once you, <laughs> and once you're gay and you put it on like Instagram or Facebook, it's like everyone get, you know, it just, everyone comes out of the woodwork to celebrate you. Cause you know, now, at the time people, it was. Do people also come out of the woodwork to hit on you that like want to try <laughs> to test your bond? Oh no, but that would, that's a good reason. Maybe I should renew my vows to yeah. see. <laughs> try to tease them yeah. out. <laughs> um, well, Chelsea, I think we should just get right into the therapy session. So okay, I'm ready. what did you um, have for lunch today? So I wound up late in the game ordering sugar fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have dessert Okay, and I did have an iced green tea. Now I'm very familiar with sugar fish's menu because there's like only three options, right? Which is like, trust me, trust me. No, you're shaking your head. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm acting like we're on radio. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want you to know you're wrong. Um, I am wrong. I guess they have all the a la carte. So oh. you, order, you don't have to, or I don't usually ever do the trust me's because it's like, listen, I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say this brings up like an immediate question yeah. of like trust as an issue, you know, we like talk point about blank. That. I don't <laughs> trust you. I, I don't trust you to just intuitively know what I, a person you've never met likes to eat. I mean, it's not a matter of trust. It's honestly misuse of the word. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So what do you order? That's not on the trust me menu. I just, there's a lot of filler fishes that I don't like on the trust me. It's like, trust me, I need to offload some fish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What do you, what do you consider a filler fish? I think it's all delicious. Some of the white fishes, you know, let me use this cheat sheet and this is the box, you know? Oh yeah. It comes with a really cool box with a guide that tells you how to assemble your sushi. I've ordered from there too, but yes, I can see very nice. Anyway. I mean, first of all, I don't even like tuna right out of the gate. I don't like tuna. So there's piles of tuna and a lot of the trust me's I'm like, um, I don't want a ton of mercury and I don't like the taste of that tuna. It's like, tastes like blood to me. So you don't like tuna. You don't like, um, throw away white fish, but you like salmon. I have a feeling salmon salmon. is on your menu. Yeah. What about unagi? Salmon, very hit or miss with a lot of places. Um, (sighs) unagi I do like, but I, when it has the very rubbery fatty skin, I don't love it. I got this other kind. I forget what it's called. I don't have, it's not on the box. Okay. Um, it's thinner. And it's like less fatty. Anyway, I got that. I got sea urchin, which I love. I'm a recent convert to sea urchin. And I love their lobster roll, cut lobster roll. I got two scallop sushis. And, uh, you know, I ordered the, I think, kampachi with shiso because i love shiso but then it had skin on it i have a thing with skin with mm. fish where unless it's crispy it kind of skeeves me out so i feel like we have a lot to unpack here i mean there's so much <laughs> um i mean we could talk about the skin we could talk about trust but i feel like yeah. for starters i feel like the specificity of your order speaks yeah. to the, like the specific way your brain works too. Like, I feel like you have a very specific point of view about everything. So, I mean, have you always been that way about food? Like a, a, a strong sense of what you like and what you don't like? Probably. I mean, when I think about that, I feel like my family's all very opinionated. So if they cooked something good, they probably would be like, this is what makes it good. 
mm-hmm. you know, since I was little. So that probably informed a lot of my decisions. Interesting. So like, what were some of the things that you remember from growing up besides the warm ta- tapioca pudding? And the cheese souffle. And the cheese souffle. Um, my mom made a lot of baked chickens and yes. crispy skin is mm-hmm. Um she did a salad every night, which honestly hats off. Like for me, making a salad is like, it takes so much for me to make a salad because washing all the lettuce, but then when I do, I love it, but it just feels like mentally a hurdle for me. Yeah. I think it's annoying. Yeah. She makes a big salad every night and she very infamously likes cooking for color. So she (laughs) she would put in like things because she liked the color. Whereas I'd be like, but how's the taste? But you know, anyway, her salad dressing was good. Very tart, very tangy. Um, I love tart as a flavor. Yes. And I can some see that. people do not, some people don't. Um, so I forget what we were talking about now. Well, we were talking about your strong opinions about food now, yeah, whether yeah. you always had them. So it yeah. sounds like you grew up in a house where you mostly enjoyed the food that you had to eat as a kid. Yeah, but you know, a house of very opinionated know-it-alls. Yeah, I'm sure. Like you know, strong food taste. We ate a lot of artichokes, um, which I've learned as an adult. A lot of people have not eaten artichokes. Did you eat them whole, steamed, and like peel off the leaves? I feel like yeah. My mom loves doing that. I find artichokes. I don't get them. I don't quite understand. I just don't. I've never fallen in love with an artichoke, and I. I think it's because when I first started dealing with artichokes, I was trying to do those like recipes where you like peel all the leaves off while they're raw and then like no, cut, no. cut around the thing and pull out this the This is the thing. You take an artichoke, you put a little white wine, a little bay leaf, maybe a couple, you know, garlic cloves and yeah. you get all that flavor into them. And then I like to make, which is a variation on what my mom made, which is mayonnaise and lemon mixed together, but mm-hmm. it's like really lemony and liquidy. And I add a little Frank's red hot and then you Ooh. dip it and it's so good. And when I was pregnant, that was one of my top cravings, artichoke. Yeah. I mean, I, and I also, you can't, you make like ones with like stuffed with breadcrumbs, like in the middle, you know, no, you don't want to do that. You could. <laughs> <laughs> Her face is revealing so much. I wish you guys could see it. It's but, like yeah. oysters, Rockefeller, or just oysters raw with lemon right. and horseradish, you the know, purity, the purity yeah, of the, yeah. the artist. One sweet thing about my parents, you know, they're both very, you know, my mom's like, they're, they can be difficult, but I do remember if my mom ordered an artichoke at a restaurant, my dad would help her cut out the heart for her. Like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, it was very romantic. And when you say cut out the heart, <laughs> what are you talking about? You mean take the, 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 the inedible choke out. part. Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. He would like that. scoop out yeah. the choke for her. It was, you know, sweet. It was a very gentle Let's see, this gesture. Is yeah. Yeah. It is. It's hard though, because the more you help each other in a marriage that when one of you passes, <laughs> there's so much you can't do. Like my grandmother didn't know how to pump <laughs> gas when my grandfather died. Really? That's uh, sad. I mean, I don't know why I'm laughing, but that's really sad. And well, because it's like such a dark turn. I, I really yeah. shouldn't have gone there, but you know, sometimes it's, it's good to just go with your gut. But sometimes like if your partner passes, you realize how, how much you were capable of. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's a great when, feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like when Craig goes away, it's like, he always takes the garbage out. I'm like, oh, that's so hard to have to like wheel it down these steps from the back of our apartment. Like, I don't yeah. make it Do you know what then, the French call like a business trip when your spouse takes a, a business trip? No. Le petit mort, which means the little death. <laughs> 
No, I'm just kidding. I think that's what they call it. No, that, that, that sounds right. That sounds very French. <laughs> I, I believe it. Um, so in terms of your, I think you talked about being Jewish and Italian. Yeah. And in terms of cuisine, do you feel more allegiance to one more than the other? Yeah, Italian. But I do love latkes. I love blintzes. That's mm-hmm. my two main Jewish loves. A lot of, I don't know, what are your main Jewish loves? God, I'm like a terrible Jew. I mean, I was just talking yeah. on my last podcast about how Craig has been with me for 15 years and he's never been to a Seder. And it's like, I'm pretty lucky. embarrassed about that. Yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> Is that you just said? No, <laughs> I'm not like a big religious person. So yeah. I, I don't spend a lot of, and Seders are honestly hell on earth. <laughs> Oh, we know what it is. Like, I love bagels. I love like, oh yeah, bagels. Cheese. I love yeah. a bagel. White and fish salad. Cheese. Yeah. All the yeah. Jewish like bagel fixings. I remember um, my grand, my grandmother used to take me to this place in Boca Raton where I went to high school and grew up basically yeah. uh, called Bagel Works. And like, you can get like a bagel cream cheese, but you could also get something called the Works where you got like three little containers. You got like, I got smoked salmon spread, scallion cream cheese, and white fish salad. It was very special. And then you go to school and you're like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My grandmother used to eat raw red onions on everything. And she's like, people say I have bad breath. Like, yeah, well, you're like, people all the- are right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where were we like talking? Oh, little Jude, black yeah. coffee couldn't wash down. I know those smells of like onions and black coffee, coffee. on someone's I breath. Like, like yeah. yeah, reminds me of my childhood so much. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty easy decision between the Jewish food and Italian food. I mean, come on, let's yeah, be realistic. I mean, I feel yeah. bad. I don't know. I'm sure there's people who grew up doing more Shabbats and more things where they have, like, you know, I don't know. But the thing is, I'm not that into like rugula. Yeah. I'm not that into kugel, noodle kugel. Sometimes it's good, but it's all kind of heavy, you know? Yeah. Matzo think, ball uh, soup. Like my mom loves matzo ball soup. You know what? I like shav, but I think it's more of a Russian soup. It's like a counterpart to borscht. It's um, green and cold, and you can put all the same kind of little toppings and sour cream into it. That sounds good. And I love that. Um, and it's made with sorrel. It's funny because Craig's dad once tried to make, and he's not Jewish, tried to make gefilte fish from scratch. He said it was disgusting. But I told my mom that story and she was like, wait, no, I I like gefilte fish. And I was like, does anybody like gefilte fish? Uh, It's kind of of a gelatinous. It's almost like aspic, I think, like where it's like like a jello fish mound. Yeah. But it comes like with the horseradish. Yeah. Maybe I'll serve it to you. Horseradish yeah. and sour cream are two of staples of Jewish food that I love. Yeah. And I but normally do latkes at Hanukkah. So that's really fun because can... I love latkes. Come on. So, so with the Italian food, are you just like a pasta maven? Are you? I mean, a... I, I truly love pasta. I think, you know, my last meal, if I were had one night left on earth, would probably be carbonara. I love carbonara. Ooh, yeah. And um, unfortunately, Angelini makes a really good carbonara and it delivers. So it's been, it's like, I have to try to force myself to eat it less frequently than I want to. I feel like the last time you came over for dinner, um, you were trying to send me subliminal messages. Speaking of psychology, where you were just kept posting images of carbonara. On no, your- no. Honestly, that wasn't about you. I just do that all the time. Oh, you just post a lot of carbonara? Yeah, if I see a picture of carbonara, I usually will post it. And pie. Um, yeah, that was my own narcissism then, which we should yeah. probably unpack in a later session. Yeah. Uh, but, oh yeah, pie. So you've also 
talked about, I think, I feel like you respond a lot to desserts on my feed. Like you'll get excited by pie or certain things. Yes. That I post. Are you, have you always been a dessert person? Well, you know, the truth of the matter is I'm just not an entree person. I love appetizers because they're interesting and exciting. Yes. And I love desserts for that reason. I feel like entrees are usually a meat or a fish mm-hmm. and it's just not as exciting. Um, I do love desserts, but I like tart desserts. The dessert, do you want to know the dessert I had today? Yes, I just remembered. Yeah, we didn't ask about that. I went to proof for a coffee this morning and I got, I had just last night, I'm PMSing and I start craving sweets when I'm PMSing. Great. (laughs) And listen, this is therapy. I'm going to be. (laughs) No, I love it. I saw, I found myself on a list of like the 10 best cakes in Los Angeles, which is very like Kathy cartoon. <laughs> and I sent it to my friend who just asked me how my chicken and rice was last night. And I sent him that list and he just put a ha ha because he just like clearly thinks I'm in a dark place. But right. um, I think one of the cakes on the list was this cake at proof which is a vanilla passion fruit cake have you had it, I've had it. oh yeah i love proof i can go there all the time if they're baked I goods are crazy. i also yeah. love their thumbprint cookie with the little raspberry jam inside cornmeal mm-hmm. cookie that is really good um so the cake i really liked it because it was very light there wasn't too much frosting which i kind of hate frosting so it was light frosting with passion fruit kind of i don't know like what do you call that? Layered. Not gel. Maybe oh, curd. Gelay, curd. Maybe yeah. curd. Yeah. Like in the middle of it and a very light white or yellow kind of light, maybe a sponge cake. I don't know. Not a sponge cake, but it was just so light and so tangy and not too much frosting. And I left the, what I would call the headboard of frosting at the back of the cake. I did not eat. So in terms of your, your lunch sequence, yes. you purchased this cake along with your coffee this morning, but you set it aside to yes. consume after the sushi. Yeah. Cause I had to do my workout. I do intermittent fasting because of my, yes. my, um, <laughs> intermittent shitty eating. So <laughs> I, I don't eat usually till lunchtime. And so I got my coffee. Then I did some yoga. I did a bike ride and then I had my lunch. That's really nice. I, I feel like I do everything you do except for the intermittent fasting and the exercise. So <laughs> I just eat cake and whatever well, I want. <laughs> yeah. I like really put on like crazy weight in the pandemic yeah, because so I, I. Was, I was just like, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to be excited about. So food was like the little mm-hmm. parades coming in, you know, and, and so I had to get myself together. So this is all sort of recent, but as you can see, I'm not into like a crash diet type life. So in terms of the pandemic journey, like in terms of food and how you eat and cook, like what was it like before the pandemic? What was it like during the pandemic? And how has it changed after the pandemic? Assuming we're out of the pandemic. We're not. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're not. Yeah, we're vaccinated. Post-vaccine. Yeah, we're vaccinated. Well, my kid isn't. So that affects a lot of what we can do and stuff. Um, Before, I mean, I think that the really truthfully, it really more coincides with before I made money (laughs) (laughs) and after I made money, because once I started making money, I'm like, I'm going to eat like a King and there's nothing to stop me, (laughs) you know? And it's like, when you're like not making as good of money and you look at menus and it's just like, 
things you want that you're like, that's too crazy. And this is, and then you make money and you're like, I can fucking eat whatever I want. If it's like a movie big or something where you're like, (laughs) I'm an adult, I have a wallet. And so I think I just started eating more. And then writer's rooms, I I was started writing for shows out here and I was so sedentary. So it's been a long, slow decline. But um, I just think the pandemic, you know, all these restaurants, like fine dining restaurants started doing delivery, which was before not an option. So that was like this little exciting journey to like search around and see who um, is doing delivery that didn't used to like major domo i think started and vespertine was on there i mean it was like crazy stuff then after a while it's just like this is out of control and (laughs) i gotta i gotta i gotta find some other way to find joy it probably is something spiritual that i need that i'm looking for in food oh wow that's that's interesting you just kind of like (laughs) buried that there but i i think that that's probably true for all people who are obsessed with food I, i feel like we're all searching for something but well, maybe it's, it's kind of like part of it is all the hunt of it and you know it's like finding something like I just started looking for like oh well you know Michelin I never really looked at Michelin lists by neighborhood like you can look up like Los Angeles Michelin restaurants and there's so many that I've never heard of and I was mm-hmm. like oh that's cool I just get into like the researching and the like finding and trying something new and you know it's probably, I should probably be uh, using that passion for something else. <laughs> <laughs> or, or no, I mean, you gotta I do what you gotta do. But what, um, what about your cooking journey? I mean, were you cooking a lot during the Oh pandemic? yeah. Well, I was cooking for like, we didn't even order takeout when we didn't know much about COVID. We were just in the house. We, we cooked every single meal for like two months, I think, or three months. Mm-hmm. And then as it became like, oh, it's not as much about surfaces then we started ordering takeout and then it was kind of off to the races because we we were trapped with a toddler we didn't have childcare coming we didn't have a cleaning any kind of cleaning help so we um we were doing a lot and and tired so we just started ordering um food a lot and then now i'm kind of finding my way back to cooking a little bit which is fun i do love like as a mom i love roasting things because you can just you know, get a big sheet pan and roast mm-hmm. a bunch of different things. Um, and it's, you kind of put it in and then you get to do other things. And so it feels like it's doing work for you while you're, you know, dealing with your child or whatever you need to do. So you could like you, put something yeah. in the oven, run a bath, put your kid in. Yeah. It comes out and dinner's ready. You know, were you, uh, were you interested in cooking before you had a kid? Like it was, it was oh, something yeah. you took, took pleasure in and enjoyed. Oh yeah. I, I probably cooked more, um, before I had a kid. And then lately I've been like, oh, I feel guilty. I'm like giving my kid takeout at meals <laughs> and he really does seem happy when I'm cooking. This uh-huh. is why the whole world conspires for you to just be like a, you know, your identity just becomes like a mom. <laughs> right. Right. But, I mean, know, is there, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a favorite thing that you cook for him? Um, I'm trying to think there was something I made him. Oh, he really likes bison. Um, I made some rigatoni with bison and I was kind of thinking of doing like macaroni and cheese and putting meat in it kind of vibe, but I just wound up making my own thing with no cheese. And it was just big rigatoni with lots of olive oil and truffle salt and little pieces of bison. And I think I put like some, he likes garlic. I put garlic salt, I think, and, and truffle salt and olive oil. And he just was like, mm, 
<laughs> these bison noodles are so good. Um, so <laughs> I've never now, cooked bison before. I don't, I don't think I've ever even seen it in the store. I think it's high in protein and low in fat, but I've actually, it seems like there's some sort of food supply shortage with it now because okay. I can't find it lately, but that seems to happen a lot now where you can't. I lived in Atlanta for a while and I think Ted, um, what's his name? Ted Turner tried to start like a bison burger craze. Like he created oh. a bison burger restaurant, which he was hoping would turn into like a trend, but I don't think it did as far as I know. I mean, it's really good. I don't know about for burgers, but we've do we use it for nachos sometimes like you mm -hmm. can bake also that my son loves that like you could bake nachos a big sheet with like um i was putting some sauteed bison with kind of taco-y spices on it and then putting it on there and he really liked that um in the early in the pandemic i made these crazy like tex-mex enchiladas that you know everyone was debating what they really are when i posted a picture of it but um he really liked that too so um, we were talking about your love of dessert and you said you like tart desserts. And I'm yes. wondering, do you think there's a link between liking tart things and being like tart in your Funny. personality? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I doubt it. I feel like I could think of so many comedians where I'm like, I bet they don't like tart food. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of comedians probably eat a lot of sweet things. Yeah. But but there is something about tart food, like, like enjoying the thrill of tartness or just like, there is something sort of that makes me think of like being irreverent and like mm -hmm. poking the audience a little bit and like getting, getting a reaction. Yeah. It's like, it does get your attention when you bite into something very tart. So, yeah. And you know, it's like, I feel like the, I do have like this thing. I'm not usually friends with blonde people that much, although I recently <laughs> have made like a close friend who's blonde. Okay. But, but, you know, I feel like I also usually don't trust people if they don't like olives, oh. you know, like there's certain things with food where I'm just like, if you don't like certain things, I'm just like, where's your joie de vivre? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you need a little more zest for life or something. Wow. So, I mean, why olives though? I don't know. I just feel like olives are so good <laughs> and it's like salty and tart yeah. and they're just such so much flavor kind of umami too right they're like bitter salty and tart if you don't like that it's like what are we doing i feel like the common theme in your eating is that you don't like <laughs> <Judgment>. anything <laughs> no no is you don't like anything that's like considered boring like i've noticed like it's not like you're talking about like mashed potatoes no but i was just gonna say i love mashed potatoes that oh, was one of my there other, goes my theory <laughs> my other huge pregnancy craving was jar their mashed potatoes oh yeah are absolute perfection um, and I love mac and cheese, which is also like, I mean, I do love to put Frank's red hot on my mac and cheese, but mm -hmm. I love mac and cheese and, and I love, oh, one of my other big pregnancy cravings was diner grilled cheese sandwiches, yeah. you know, just like the white bread, the American cheese. So no, I like, I like too many things. <laughs> I like what don't you like? Are there, are there any foods you refuse to eat? Um, hmm. oh my God, there is what? a squirrel like up against my window. <laughs> Does he want to like, be on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's like, I like acorns and magnolia flowers. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do I not like? I do not yes. like sun-dried tomatoes, but I feel like 
I'm coming around on it. You I served that. you. Yeah, I served you sunshine tomatoes. Of all things that you don't like, I literally made you the number one thing you don't like. Okay, good to know. But I actually really did love that. And honestly, Thank before you. you started, you suggested that, which I did say, yeah, let's do it. I was reading something about how sun-dried tomatoes are an umami, one of the a main umami flavors. So I was like, oh, maybe I have to rethink them because I think of them as very 90s. Like, yes people were doing them in kind of gross ways in the nineties. But so it's so funny because I feel the same way about sun-dried tomatoes that I do about Phil Collins, mm. where it's like, they take on all this meaning. Like it's like Phil yeah. Collins means so much. Like it's like, oh, Phil Collins, but it's like, right. but Phil Collins but wrote good some, song. Good yeah, song he wrote some good, good music. It's like, there's nothing wrong with Phil Collins music. It just, <laughs> it just people attach so much meaning to like what, yeah. it, what that is. And I think it's the same thing with sun-dried tomatoes. It's like- I'll say I do not like bell peppers cooked yeah. bell peppers like some people yeah. really love peppers and onions I'm not you know but again this is all with the caveat that I'm sure I could try them and there'd be some way I might but like green bell pepper in particular I hate my dad loves it mm. I used to hate cumin now I love it mm. uh, Szechuan food made me kind of realize that cumin is kind of amazing um I'm trying to think what else I don't, I don't like fishy fish. That's, that's really mm -hmm. hard. I'm not as into meat as some people. I'm more into like carbs and dairy, which is bad for me, but, mm -hmm. um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, Oh, did we lose you? Oh, no, you just, no, just dropped something. A, a peanut on the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Maybe that's uh, the squirrel, what he was looking yeah, for. Yeah, he was looking for your peanut. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because like, I feel like I love carbs. I love dairy, but also it's like we live in LA and I feel, do you feel like LA informs how you think about food? Like the LA culture of like fitness and healthfulness, like does it is that something you're if aware anything, of? If anything, it makes me like a contrarian. I will say though, I do like, I do love like Jewel, you know, like vegan places in LA, their food is so good that I do feel very lucky to be in LA or certain smoothie places or juices and air one and all those things. Like, so I do love that LA is health conscious in the sense that you can find delicious vegan food. Whereas, you know, I know from traveling all over the country, sometimes it's really hard to find vegan food and mm -hmm. find like health food stores where not everything is expired. And it's like, you know, anyway, so I feel very lucky about that, but I also sometimes feel like a contrarian if I'm around like a lot of actors, male or female who are like eating just small salads for their meal. I'm just kind of sure. like, what life is that? I mean, I remember an, hearing an actress say that for her birthday, she doesn't have cake. She has like a cup of broccoli. And I'm just like, this isn't a life for me. This is like, a cup of broccoli on her birthday. Yeah. That's the, that birthday? is truly the saddest thing I've ever <laughs> I know. heard and in I my entire I really life. Do think of it like every day where I'm like, <laughs> I want to be fit. Like I once was, and I want to be skinny and all this, but like, I also want to enjoy my life. So the idea of like, not even on your birthday, having cake, mm -hmm. I just had cake on a, on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> You're doing it right. That's how you've got to live your life. And that's my attitude, especially during the pandemic. I mean, I, I kind of let go of whatever fitness goals I had. I'm just like, I'm going to bake and eat and cook whatever I want, whenever I want yeah. to, because this no, is you're hard. Baking, your baking skills to me are so like exciting because 
like I said, I'm scared of like, I have a KitchenAid that I've used like twice. Mm. One time we made like peppermint meringues for Christmas. Uh -huh. It was so good. That but sounds it's just good. Like, it's so daunting to use. And I know like people who bake all the time, let's just throw it in the mixer and then just this and that. Me, like if a recipe says use a mixer, I'm like, oh boy. But and you like, talked about egg whites earlier. I mean, what yeah. is it about egg whites that you don't like? Just beating them into stiff crests. I'm like, this is science. It just feels like math and science. You uh, know, I feel like my, my cooking style, if you're making a pasta sauce, you can improvise. I love to yeah. make a pesto. I have a lot of basil mm -hmm. in my garden. I can improvise, add this, add that, and then taste it and then go. But baking, it's like, you have to have, yeah. it has to rise and it has to brown and it has, you know, it's like. It's a classic dichotomy of bakers being very like um, rule oriented and like they like instructions and then like more savory cooks like yeah. to be freer. And so clearly like you're a free spirit and you don't like to be yeah. hemmed in by the rules of baking. But I wish that I was so knowledgeable you know like when an artist yeah. learns all the rules and then they can freestyle like i wish mm -hmm. i was like you know so knowledgeable about proportions and baking that i could freestyle because i know the gist of what i need you know i feel like i'm um, learning pie dough i don't know if you make pie yourself but like that was a game changer for me because i used to struggle to make pie dough and once i, made I figured one this yeah. pandemic and it was absolutely amazing it was a sour cream crust yeah recipe. that yeah. And it was so good. But I mean, again, daunting, Lots, feels very yeah. hard. Well, for me, the, the key was learning to keep it cold because like, everyone's like, make sure your butter is ice cold. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I think like if it becomes gummy as you're rolling it out, it's like it ruins the pie. So it's like, now that's my main thing. It's like, I don't worry about overworking it like when, like, when you bring it together, because I used to worry about that. It's just keeping it cold. Is the squirrel attacking you? <laughs> I mean, there's like strange sounds at that. I'm like, are you really trying to come in? What if it gnawed a hole through and came in? Oh my God. And killed you during this podcast. That would be yeah. so sad. Um, wait, what were we just talking about? Oh, egg whites. So beating them is stressful yeah. to you. Uh, about yeah. oh, the math science of it all. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when, when you were in school as a kid, like, were you not a math science person? I was until, um, no, I liked algebra. I liked solving for X. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fun, fun journey to go on. I think yeah. once it turned into like trigonometry or calculus or something, once I got to college, I really hated it. And I think toward the end of high school, I started hating it. When did you start doing comedy? I feel like that's a question I don't think I've ever asked you. I'm sure someone else has asked you. Well, but. <laughs> I mean, I did take, I think, improv classes when I was a kid because I was a theater kid. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I started doing stand-up after college when I graduated. I was temping and I met this temp who was like, I do stand-up. You should do it. <laughs> Um, you get to control your own material or whatever. And so I did, I started doing it after college. Um, I had been doing improv in college and I was right. in the improv group at my school and then segued into stand-up. I did improv in college too. And it's weird really? because like everything that I learned in college is fine, but I do feel like doing improv like paved the way for the rest of my life. And just in terms of like yeah. how I think about people and, you know, creative work and just trusting yourself and trusting others, but, say um, yes. say yes, exactly. But did you, um, immediately take to doing stand up? Like, was it immediately like, ah, this is what I like to do or did it take a while? It's an interesting question because I feel like it's just been, I thought, okay, 
I feel ambivalent about this, but I'll get some clarity. And instead I got like more success, but I still felt ambivalent about it. And I still do. So, you know, I think I've always had mixed feelings about it, but what I loved about it was the immediacy and, you know, being able to think of an idea and then get on stage that night and try it if you want to, you know, mm -hmm. is, is an incredible feeling. Um, yeah. How do you deal with it when it doesn't go well? I mean, does it get to you if you have like a bad show? Does it bring you yes, down? Or it yeah. does get to me. I used to listen to Shake It Off by Mariah Carey after <laughs> shows. <laughs> that was helpful. But uh, you get you get better where you don't have like bad shows a lot. But for me, I'm always picking apart what I did. And so even if like a lot of times I come off, I'm like, that fucking sucked. And people are like, what are you talking about? You know, like I did a show after the pandemic. I hadn't done a show in like a year and a half. And I went and did a show and my friends, a couple of them texted me like you killed. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, did they talk to each other and say she seemed sad? Like we should <laughs> tell her she did well. Because I was like, I definitely didn't kill and I feel like I barely did okay so like why are they texting me this do they feel bad for me it's just like a very like you know it, it takes me to a very like you know uh self-critical um self-doubting place much of the time I mean I it, I remember Pete Holmes we were talking about stand-up on his podcast many moons ago and he was saying like before he goes on stage he imagines himself killing <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I literally imagine myself bombing when I'm walking onto stage. Like I'm oh, not, that's funny. you know, the, no, the, I guess by the time I'm walking on, I have to like tap into that part of me. That's like, fuck it. Yes. But as I'm getting ready to get on stage, I'm like, I have nothing to say. I, you know, I have very negative voices in my head and mm. it, it takes a lot of work to like nudge them into like self-love and positive and, you know, you're good at this, you know what you're doing, you have interesting things to say and all that, you know, it's like, I have to like retrain my brain to say those kinds of things. I think of all the creative uh, fields, like stand-up comedy is the most brutal in the sense that like, there's no like, you know, gray area in terms of like, did people laugh or didn't they laugh? It's like, is it, I mean, I guess what people find funny is is subjective, but generally speaking, it's like, you know, when I was in the, I was in a, on a writer's room for a comedy show. And like, when I would pitch a joke, like it was very clear, like if the room laughed, it would go into the episode. If they didn't laugh, it wouldn't go, you know, it's not like that with mu music where it's like, everybody agrees this, you know, symphony is brilliant or not brilliant. Am I making sense? But I'm yeah. sure behind the scenes, people are like, no, this cellist doesn't play with passion. They're technically right. accurate. But I mean, I feel like any field you go deep into, everyone's like, you know, got hardcore opinions on right right that's true there's like anti-comedy and com there's different kinds of yeah. comedy yeah. Um, I was going to ask you that you mentioned being on the road with comedy yes. and what are some of your favorite food cities that you've visited or do you mm. not mostly go to places that have great food Portland yes that's and the Bay Area mm -hmm. Seattle I mean I like places I guess that have maybe fish yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like comes full circle reason, yeah, those places are exciting for some reason. Um, and good coffee, like places that have good coffee, I feel like usually have good food. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to think where else, like, I feel like Austin has some good places. Oh, I had amazing food actually. And like, what is that place? It's like called 
five and 10 or something. Yeah. Oh, isn't that um, Hugh Atchison's restaurant? Oh, no, in, in, in Athens or Atlanta? Yeah, something. I forget where. I follow them yeah. on Instagram. Like, do they have their own garden and they cook from mm. it? There was like a lot of interesting food in Southern cities that I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, fusion y, interesting things they were doing. Um, I do love Southern food. And, yeah. um, and then also, of course, like I hunt out like Chinese food. So I feel like, Seattle had some amazing Chinese food and um, I'm trying to think where else. New York. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great one. Um, Do you you eat before you go on stage or do you eat after a show? Uh, It's a tricky one, usually after, but I'm so far from that lifestyle because I used to stay up to like four in the morning, you know, go eat at shows and stuff now it's like you know my kid gets up at seven I don't know how people do it and have like children but um yeah so I used to eat late night a lot I didn't like eating right before I get on stage like yeah that would be really hard to eat right you have before a bowl you of chili and then you're trying to do like <laughs> I don't know well it's funny because I also think of like the world of comedians like the older generations like eating like you know diner food on the road but now it's like as you describe all these cities you go to, I feel like you're part of this later generation where it's like food probably matters a lot more to the comedians you're with than yeah. it did to like the Buddy Hackett's and the Dean Martins. <laughs> well, I don't know. I bet, you, <laughs> I bet you Dean Martin ate well. I don't know. I mean, Maybe, I feel like yeah. if you look at comedians back in like the Hollywood golden years, they were probably <laughs> eating really good. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Like a lot of steaks and, you know, martinis, I feel like that generation. Yeah um gotcha so are you um like mostly cooking these days again are you mostly ordering in like where are you at now currently in your life with food I'm probably ordering a lot but I'm trying to cook more I really am very conscious of like my food waste lately Mm -hmm. where I feel like I waste a lot of food and I'm trying to improve I feel guilty every time I like throw something out so I'm trying to like so my mom came to visit during the pandemic and she is like leftover queen she loves leftovers so she would like clean out my fridge of leftovers and it was so nice because I feel so guilty about that Mm -hmm. so it was like Anyway, I've been trying to get better about it, but I'm not as into leftovers. So do you like yeah. repurposing leftovers, like taking like leftover risotto and making fried risotto balls and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, I'll do that sometimes, like, you know, make garlic rice with leftover rice or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to just order less food when I order because I, I just, yeah, like I said, when I started making money, I was like, oh, I could just get this for the table or I could <laughs> get this. And if I don't like it, I have the other dish. And, you know, it's just yeah. like gluttonous. And I'm trying to, trying to improve in that way. I was going to ask you about the whole trust me thing to go yeah. back to your lunch. Like, like in terms of going to restaurants where you're not in control, like where it's like the chef would like to cook for you or it's like a tasting yeah. menu. Like, are you okay to put yourself in the hands of somebody else or do you really need to be in control of what you're going to be eating? No, I, I think it's fun to not have to think about it and people just bring stuff out. But I do think there's a chance you just might not like some of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's like really stressful if I feel like people are looking what's left on my plate because yeah. sometimes I get Jordan to eat it. If it's something that skews <laughs> me out, like fish that skews me out or something or too adventuresome, you know? 
You have such strong um, opinions about fish because you it seems like you love fish, but you also hate certain types of fish. I know. I love filet of sole, mm-hmm. you know, and I love some salmon and I love oysters. I love, you know, it's like, I, I do love fish, but I just don't like when it's um, fishy. Yeah. Like what's the fish you hate the most? Well, like mackerel or something. I was going to say mackerel, but I've never tried mackerel. Oh, it's very oily, but it's delicious. Yeah. My brother and my dad love mackerel, like sushi and stuff, and they'll eat it. And I'm always like, I, it just looks so dense and oily that it like, Mm -hmm. they're like, they're like, you feel like a seal and you know, they love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, this podcast begins with what did you have for lunch? But it always ends with what are you having for dinner tonight? Mm, what's the dimfo? Yeah, tell us. I have no idea. I well, that's what we're like, here for. Yeah. Yeah. I usually start panicking about dinner around five o'clock and then I either cook or order. Um, I was going to try to go maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. What are you doing? Same. Like, you know, I cooked a lot this weekend. I had friends over for their triple birthday celebration how was that cake it was good i made a hummingbird cake you might not have liked the frosting because it was very no, rich. i love cream cheese frosting oh wow you're full of contradictions i never I quite know. know where i stand with it's like you hate sun dried tomatoes but you like it when i make it yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and you don't like people who don't like olives it's like very it's well, lots listen, of process. rules are meant to be broken you know i don't right. i don't think like i don't like i like on record i'm like i hate soup Mm-hmm. But I also love that like cold Korean soup that has the iciness in it and you pour the vinegar and mustard in. Wait, you hate um, all soup except for I the just, Korean soup? My thing about soup is that it's just very boring like to eat the same texture every bite. It's mm-hmm. just like, and my mom loves soup. Like I come from soup people, you know, yes. but I just, I find it kind of boring. And then again, if it's not tart or interesting, you know, shav is interesting. That Korean soup is very interesting taste with the spicy mustard and the vinegar. Um, but yeah, in general, soup is just not going to be a go-to. Wait, this could, I think I'm working on like a full theory of Chelsea Peretti's eating, which now is starting to really make sense, except for the mashed potato sidebar, which was its own thing. But you really do like food that is not boring. Like, you, you don't want to be bored by your food. And I think that that makes sense. Are for you who frozen? You are. Oh yeah. I froze for a second, but now you're, I'm okay. back. You're, you were frozen too. Oh, well, so you, whatever. Um, so you already had this theory that I, I like <laughs> not boring foods, but then remember, I love mashed potatoes. Right. Right. The mashed potatoes thing is its own thing, which we, I think we should explore separately. But when, when you talked about soup being boring and that's why you don't like it, yeah. like, do you think like, it made me think of your tart desserts and made me think of like your yeah. uni at your lunch. It's just like, you want things to be interesting. Yeah. Like I would have that Greek soup with like the lemony flavor. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine like your taste in lots of things is probably quirky and like specific, like in music and film. And like, I, I can imagine you having strong opinions and not necessarily watching or listening to the thing everybody is listening to or watching. What's your favorite comedy film? Oh, God. Um, well, Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. Great is concept. High concept. 
Yeah, this is not not that not one of your favorite songs. No, I think it's good. <laughs> I just recently <laughs> been thinking about it because I'm like, that's what you want, like some concept yeah. like that. I've been yeah. watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Is that what it's oh, called? Yeah, I yeah. haven't watched that yet. I just saw the previews for it. Yeah, it's good. It's actually freaking yeah. me out. Oh yeah. Like, like I had to stop watching Orphan Black because I started just getting like the heebie-jeebies. Like it's just freaking, it was just giving me chills. And I, I do kind of feel that way with Nine Perfect Strangers, but I, I'm still like, it's not scaring me enough that I have to stop watching it. <laughs> do you not like scary things generally? I do not like to be scared. Do you watch your husband's movies? <laughs> I do, but I feel like the the reason I can watch them is because they have this like social commentary social. and they're they have like an intellectual quality that it's not like someone's banging on I don't know like I, well, I don't us like, was scary though like, us yeah. like I mean no, I don't like scary, scary movies yeah I they're mean scary. Get Out was also scary too they're definitely us, scary yeah. but something about like I liked 28 Days Later because it was like kind of heady and made me think about things and us made me think about something I think about a lot which is like that whole concept of being tethered mm-hmm. you know your life is enabled by other people's miseries, you know, yes. and what do you do about that? And, and so, yeah, I think that it's more like, I'm not into like someone's banging on the window and then they slash someone up and they're screaming the whole time. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I mean, Craig was once, once watching this movie called the strangers that has yeah. lived Tyler and it's like a home Beautiful invasion girl. movie. And it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> literally like her and her husband in the house and like people are trying to get in to kill them and that's the entire concept of the movie and I was so stressed out yeah that I couldn't handle um but yeah so I I guess all came from me saying that you probably have very specific tastes but then you turned the tables and asked what my taste was and now I feel vulnerable well you know it's interesting because if you're a therapist which you are on this show Yes. Sometimes, you know, your patient is going to ask you a question or two. Well, you know, it's like um, Stephen Sondheim says from your, uh, he quoted Oscar Hammerstein, who wrote all those musicals um, and said, from um, your pupils, you will be taught. You know what I mean? Ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, like he was saying like he learned more from Steve because he taught Stephen Sondheim and he was like, I learned as much from you. And so like, as your therapist, I feel like what I'm trying to say is like, I've learned more about myself in this session than I thought I might. Like what? That (laughs) um, defending your life is a high concept movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Well, do you feel like we covered all your food stuff? Like, are you food analyzed? Like, do we miss major patches of like the food? Do you hate the, your food issues, your, your favorite things to cook um did we cover you know what i also i'm not sure about octopus yeah like ethically or flavor wise no no just well now that i've seen my octopus teacher i don't know i mean i always hope that i'm veering towards being vegan i i've i was vegan during the week for a while a couple years ago and i really liked that i've had trouble getting back to it Mm -hmm. um but i hope that i'm headed in that direction because i do feel like it's probably ideal for everyone. But as but, of right now, you eat red meat and fish and yeah. poultry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. I'd like I to be do. vegan too. I'm sorry. I, it's yeah. like there's like a little delay. So every time I talk, start talking, you start talking. But go ahead, please. No, no, you go. I, I was done. I don't even remember what I just said. 
I just think like it's better for the environment. And I also, it's like, I think there's probably too something to the whole, like, if you wouldn't kill it, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. I probably could kill a chicken. Yeah, me too. I think we should do that together for the next Ugh, dinner. Party. I don't know. Maybe I couldn't. I've been watching all these, like, I don't know what you call it. These YouTube videos of people who like live off the land and they can fruits and they raise chickens and, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I could kill a chicken if I really had to, but I could definitely kill a fish. Oh, really? Have you gone fishing? Have you have Yeah, you I used to fish? go fishing with my dad. Yeah. I feel like I can kill a fish. I could kill a chicken. Um, I could probably kill a cow as long as I didn't have to like do it with a knife. Like you could like- kill a cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I don't I mean cows that get is- killed. <laughs> that is <laughs> fucking huge headline (laughs) (laughs) couldn't you kill a cat i mean you just like push a button and they get no that is not you're gonna have to kill it manually you can't just push a button that's not how i'm talking about it's not you mean like really kill it (laughs) i'm imagining you like (laughs) a cow's throat (laughs) you know maybe i'll do that for my own therapy it could be very healing I think that would be really hard. Do you know what I couldn't kill? Actually, I couldn't kill a pig. And I eat bacon and I eat oh, pork I and pork chops. But pigs are so, so cute. And like I, I saw know. Babe a bunch of times. And-, and they're supposedly really smart and feeling. Yeah. I mean, I follow the gentle barn. I mean, I'm. this is how conflicted I am. I, I follow vegans and, you know, people who are like, don't kill animals. And I, I feel it. And then there's another part of me where I'm like, just like, maybe i don't know maybe just humans eat animals i don't know mm. i mean is there like when you, when you when you go back from veganism to eating meat again like is there something that you crave that like makes you stop being vegan i mean i definitely think carbonara prosciutto yeah. prosciutto and melon is so good mm-hmm. um carbonara is so good maybe once in a while I would eat a burger or tacos or something. I don't know. But I mean, the main thing for me is carbonara. Carbonara. Well, that's, I mean, that I feel like next time you come over for dinner, I'll have to make you a carbonara. Although I'll be a little nervous. No pressure. I I don't need it. It's not like I'm, I'm really not hinting for you to make carbonara. (laughs) I know again, that's my own narcissism, but I guess I'm saying the thing that I think you you're the reason I'm so into your desserts is because I feel like a lot of people do desserts, like not quite how I want them. Mm. And because I don't feel like I can make them easily myself, it's just exciting to see like a lemon cake. Like I, I don't think any restaurants do like a lemon cake. Right. Like, Didn't like, I make you a lemon cake when you came over? I think I made one. I think so dessert. yeah. Yeah, it was like a loaf cake. Um, yeah, I I know what you mean. Like homemade desserts have their own thing about them that's like different simple. from restaurant dessert. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, the highest bar for desserts and probably food across the board, I think, is Chez Panisse. Oh, wow. I didn't see you going there, but yeah, of course. Like Lin- Lindsay Share has that book with the almond tart in it. Yeah, fruit tarts that they make where everything's like produce forward, fruit forward. Mm -hmm. They don't over, they wouldn't like sprinkle sugar all over the fruit. You know, it's like people over, I think LA people overdo it on sugar when they make desserts because they're like, you're being bad. Yes. You earned it, you know, and it's just like, and it's just like too much. Like, I totally agree. I feel like this town is very like tortured. Like it's either like one way, it's like Bestia. I love going to Bestia, but it's like, 
the richest, fattiest food. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll leave there. and like, oh my God, I feel like I just got punched in the stomach. But um, have you but, tried burgers? Never say died. We already talked about. This. Oh yeah, we did talk about. It. Yeah, I, I I went back there. It was delicious. They, okay, I've been trying smash burgers because there's all these. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, speaking of being out of control I've been sampling <laughs> smash burgers and there's this whole smash burger craze sweeping LA and I still think burgers never say die is absolutely far and away the best there's a new one opening in Los Feliz called I know. I know, Gold Burger she wrote oh, oh I think Gold it's called Burger yeah check that out yeah, I tried um, Gold Burger Oh, and you weren't that impressed? It was good, but Burgers Never Say Die has a crispy patty that's salty. It's yeah. just like, and whatever the, however they sauce it or whatever, it's just like, to me, the ultimate. Well, Chelsea, this was um, a very informative and delightful lunch therapy session. And uh, I hope you feel properly therapized. I do. This was okay. good. I didn't yeah. pay for it. I know. Well, um, enjoy your dinner tonight, whatever it ends up being. And um, let's do lunch soon in real life. Yes. Yes. That was, we got to get that on the books. I'm researching as we speak. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, sounds good. I'm going to hang up now. Don't be mad if I just like hit end because it's just what I do. Just press a button and a cow is dead. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Have a good day. No, stop. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye.